Welcome to the Strong Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, mom, exercise physiologist, and pre- and postnatal fitness expert. This show is all about helping you navigate your pregnancy and postpartum journey with more strength, energy, and ease. Each week, pull up a seat for a new topic that will empower you to feel strong, capable, and confident while supporting your body through all the changes of the motherhood journey. Just a reminder that the information on this show is not meant to treat or diagnose any medical condition. Please speak to your medical provider for all things related to your health care. I'm honored and excited to be a part of your health journey into motherhood. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hey, hey, mamas. Welcome back to another episode of the Strong Mama podcast. I am excited you're here, whether you have been listening consistently or whether you're new. Hi, I'm Nicole. And today's topic is on gestational diabetes, so a little bit more of something that is affecting me personally during this pregnancy, but I also want to make it super applicable to anyone else. So gestational diabetes isn't super common. The CDC says 2 to 10% of pregnant women get gestational diabetes, so super small number. So if you don't fall in that range, I want you to know you'll still get a ton of value out of this episode because I'll be giving you tips and ways that I manage my blood sugar with nutrition and exercise, and you can do the same to set yourself up for a really healthy pregnancy and postpartum. So I've known that I've had gestational diabetes, and I'm just going to call it GD, you guys, because that is a long couple of words to say. So I've known I've had GD for about four weeks now at the time I'm recording this. Um, This episode will come out a couple weeks later, but I was honestly super shocked. I took the normal one-hour fasting glucose test and failed it. And I was like, oh, that's just a mistake maybe because on that day I was actually running a little bit late. I was super stressed. Like the office that I normally go to for lab testing was randomly closed that day. They just had a sign on the door. So I had to rush to another location and I made it on time for my fasting window because I was really early at the other place, but I was so stressed and I was like, okay, well, my numbers are definitely thrown off because I was stressed and X, Y, and Z. Um, But then I took the three-hour test and come to find out I have gestational diabetes and I was super shocked and at first I definitely felt like it was my fault like oh I shouldn't have like had ice cream those couple of times or you know you just the first thing I think we jump to is like it's our fault and what I've come to find out through working with a registered dietitian and just doing more research on the topic is that it's not my fault. And if you have gestational diabetes or know anybody who does, it's not their fault either. Um, It's honestly all hormone related and how your placenta is responding, processing hormones, all of that stuff. So a little bit of a background because I think it's interesting and I think it's really helpful to like understand what's going on in there. And this goes for all pregnancies, you guys, um, whether you have GD or not. But in every pregnancy, our insulin demands go up in late pregnancy. And insulin is the hormone and is essentially the key. I'm explaining this in layman's terms, you guys. I'm not a registered dietitian. 
but this is what I've learned from my RD. So insulin is kind of that key that unlocks your blood cells to utilize the broken down carbs that you eat. So apples, bread, anything that is a carbohydrate is then broken down into sugar and insulin is what allows your body to utilize it as energy. And if insulin resistance is happening and it's not doing its job properly, then you have a whole bunch of extra blood sugar or extra sugar in your bloodstream. And long term, if we have these elevated blood sugar levels, that's not only bad for us, but it's also bad for baby. So managing it is something that's super helpful so that we don't increase risk factors and things like that. So I won't get into those details um, on this episode, but what I want to get into is just a little bit of a background on some exercise and nutrition tips that I've learned. And just a disclaimer, you guys, I'm not a registered dietitian. This is all stuff that I have learned from my registered dietitian. I'm a health coach and have done a couple classes in college on nutrition and have studied it but I'm not a registered dietitian, do not take this as medical advice. Um, But these, again, are evidence-based things that I have learned. So if you have additional questions on how this looks for you, then I definitely recommend working with an RD or somebody who specializes in this. So, all right, so let's get into it. I'm gonna talk about nutrition first and the four different things that I do to manage my blood sugar with this. And again, super applicable whether you have GD or not, something that we want to do in pregnancy and life in general is manage that blood sugar so that we're not spiking it up, down, up, down, right? Because that could increase our long-term risk for type 2 diabetes. So obviously something that we want to avoid long-term and doing so now really helps support your body, especially if you are pregnant and in late pregnancy, those insulin demands go up. So maybe you're early in pregnancy and you want to just get in these habits now. Super, super important. Okay, so let's let's get into it. Number one is pairing carbohydrates with a source of protein and or a healthy fat. This really helps to slow down the digestion. So allowing the sugar to enter my bloodstream at a slower rate. And I'm not saying sugar, you guys, as like candy, but like when any carbohydrate is broken down, whether that's bread or pasta or rice or fruit, then it is broken down into sugar. That is like the smaller molecules of it. So the real goal here is to not just eat a carb by itself. Like I, this is something that I've usually practiced. It's not something that I've had to be super intentional about. Like sometimes I'll just like pre- GD, I would just like grab an apple for a snack and not have like a source of protein to go with it. So something that I'm having to be a lot more intentional about now that I'm tracking my blood sugar is to eat that apple with like a cheese stick or a hard boiled egg or some nuts. That way I'm pairing it up and the two can work together to slow down digestion, to slow down the release of the sugars into the bloodstream so that we're not causing that insulin resistance as much and not having super elevated um, sugar in the blood. So pairing carbs is number one and super helpful at all meals to do. 
Number two is watching my overall carbohydrate intake. So something I've also had to do is just become very aware of serving size. And this is something that, again, I'm thankful that I have known before. But again, you fall out of habit when you're not tracking calories, you're not tracking macros. Like that's something I went away from several years ago because it was just tedious and I hated it and I hated the restriction and the limitation. So it's sort of bringing back some resentful memories of tracking my food intake, which I do not like to do, but it is important here. So what I've had to do is just become very aware of what a serving size of carbohydrates look like. What does a serving of oatmeal look like? What does a serving of an apple look like? And usually it's not the whole apple, which is very disappointing to me. I love apples, if you can't tell. I've used them in like all my examples. Um, but I really had to get aware of the serving size and balancing them throughout the day. So carbs are still very important for baby's development and also for our own brain, like whether you are pregnant or not. Um, <clears throat> but it's really just got me thinking about and strategizing and not having big meals with heavy carbohydrate focus. So every meal and every snack has a little bit of carbohydrates in it. So for my main meals, it's typically two to three servings at the very most of carbohydrate intake. And I know that sounds like a lot, but to be honest, like serving size, I think we'd all be very surprised with what an actual serving size of carbohydrates look like. So keeping it small and then about one to two servings of a carb at every snack. So some of the snacks that I eat look like a piece of fruit with peanut butter or almond butter. Again, you're just pairing up those proteins and um, carbs together. Um, also a piece of fruit with a cheese stick or a hard-boiled egg with um, some mixed nuts. So those are some examples of really good nutrient-dense snacks that I've used for GD and that you could also use whether you have GD or not um, just to help slow that release into the bloodstream. And honestly, it really helps even out your energy as well because again, you're not having those spikes in blood sugar, you're not having the crashes. And if there's one thing I could tell you to take away from this, it's just that to try and balance those carbs with your proteins and balance it throughout the day. That way you're not having any like super carb focused meals like a big bowl of pasta that is just not happening for me right now um and <laughs> it's funny because that is one of my husband's favorite foods he is partially italian so he like loves noodles <laughs> so i've had to really like get strategic about how that looks for me and how to incorporate meals for the family too so all right Moving on, number three, snacking more frequently throughout the day. So I think I mentioned this a little in the last one, but typically my day of eating looks like three meals, so breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then typically two to three snacks. I know it sounds like I'm eating a lot. So I usually have like a mid to late morning snack and then an afternoon snack. And these are small, you guys, just like just to keep the energy levels evened out and then even a bedtime snack. So I'll get into that in my fourth nutrition tip of the benefits of a bedtime snack with 
um, pregnancy and GD. It's really, really interesting and something I've never heard before, but that's kind of the cadence of what my meals and snacks look like just because the longer the window that you are essentially quote unquote fasting or going without food, the more likely your blood sugar will become depleted and then spike really high the next time you eat. So just keeping that steady level of energy and um, food intake coming in throughout the day is super, super helpful. And again, for anybody, not even just GD, um, snacking more frequently throughout the day can help improve those energy levels and help keep that blood sugar in check and just overall help you feel more energized. Okay, bedtime snack. This is a fun one because you guys, this is not something that is preached a lot, especially in the health and fitness industry. You know, there's the myths out there like don't eat before bed or like don't eat after 7 p.m. or whatever those rules are. Um, But a bedtime snack is super helpful with GD and pregnancy in general because we all have these increased insulin demands is that having this bedtime snack often helps to lower our fasting blood sugar in the morning. So that's GD related, of course, but it's very similar to the snacking idea above. So if we go super long periods of time, like 12 hours plus without eating, this can cause a really big rise in our blood sugar and insulin resistance in the morning, which of course is very impactful for GD, but also for somebody who is pregnant. So something that I do at bedtime now, or like right before, like maybe an hour before I go to bed is like, I'll usually have yogurt um, with, I've been doing this combination of plain Greek yogurt, one tablespoon of peanut butter or almond butter, and then like topping it with like a quarter cup or even less of Cheerios, my son's Cheerios. Um, And it's delicious, you guys. There's like the perfect bit of creaminess and crunch and flavor and protein and carb. It is just delicious. So you can steal that from me if if you want. Sometimes I'll throw a little bit of fruit in there. It just kind of depends on where my last blood sugar check was. But Bedtime snacks, you guys, get on them. (laughs) All right, now I'm going to move into the exercise realm. So this is a fun one for me because, of course, this is where my expertise is um, as an exercise physiologist and pre- and postnatal certified fitness coach. So with exercise, it allows us to utilize blood sugar better as an energy source. So when we are moving our bodies, we of course are using energy to do that. And that energy comes from that instantly available sugar that is in our bloodstream. So the first thing that I do, and I'm going to go through three different things here, but the first thing that I try to do, and is something that I maybe wasn't as good at before getting diagnosed with GD is just moving more frequently throughout the day. Some days I am prone to like just getting into my work and getting really involved and getting really excited at what I'm working on at my desk. And I honestly just forget to move um, as much outside of my, my daily workout. So moving more frequently throughout the day has been really helpful in helping my body to utilize the energy from my meals a little bit more. So, and it's not like I'm doing a structured workout multiple times a day, but 
Typically, this will look like after eating lunch, I'll take the dogs out, we'll move um, for like 15 minutes, I'll walk around the yard a little bit, and it doesn't have to be anything intense, it's just something to get the body moving. Um, another thing too, outside of daily a daily workout, especially on weekdays for the most part, I usually don't work out on the weekends um, for the most part, but tread, I have a treadmill desk kind of in, in our basement, and it is, it's just an old treadmill. My husband created like this wooden platform surface type thing that I can put my laptop on and water and just walk at a super low speed, like a 1.5. Um, but this really helps too, like after a meal or even before a meal to get my blood sugar in a good place to kind of prime it for eating carbohydrates. So exercise is really good when done either before or directly after eating a bigger meal just because it's allowing you to utilize those carbohydrates a little bit better. Alrighty, so moving more frequently throughout the day, whether you have GD or not, super beneficial. Walking is number two. So this kind of goes hand in hand with number one, but I've been walking a lot, lot more. So walking and just cardio movement in general, whether that's biking or swimming or just elevating your heart rate, is the type of exercise that has the most immediate effects of lowering your blood sugar. So again, I've been planning walks, whether they're small walks or like a 30-minute walk, around the meals that are more carb-heavy. Like if I'm having like a salad with a bunch of veggies and very few carbs, I'm typically not going to like prioritize this as much. But if it's a meal that's got a serving or two or more of carbohydrates, then I'm going to try to plan a walk before or after it or some type of movement. But I have known or I have noticed in tracking my blood sugar because I have to track it four times a day, you guys. Yes, there's a lot of finger pricking going on around here, which I'm happy to say that I'm not flinching at those anymore. But oh gosh, what was I going to say? Oh, I've noticed that when I prioritize walking for 30 minutes a day, whether that's slow or fast or whatever, if I prioritize walking or a, car or a cardio-based activity, this really keeps my blood sugar very well managed, more so than like a strength workout or any other type of workout. That elevation in heart rate is what is so helpful. So something that you could take away from this, whether you have GD or not, is just getting in a little bit more walking, like even outside of your daily workout. Maybe some days it becomes your workout and I totally support that because, oh my gosh, I don't know how many clients have said to me like walking isn't a real workout and they do so much walking and they don't consider it a workout. And I'm like, honestly, it is like, yes, you, you're not going to feel quote unquote, the burn, or you're not going to have muscle growth like you would with strength training, but it is still so beneficial for so many reasons. And I think I posted recently on Instagram, like six different reasons why walking is so important in pregnancy. So um, that's enough with the walking, but you guys definitely try to get in a little bit more walking in your day. Maybe if you have little kiddos or, um, Walking with your partner can be a really good activity to just like disconnect, get away from your phone, or maybe listen to an audiobook or podcast or something and just kind of be, be in your body. Super nice. Okay. Number three, the last and final tip that I have for exercising 
and GD or just managing your blood sugar with exercise is strength training. So strength training, like I was saying in the last one, isn't going to have as much of an immediate effect on the blood sugar as walking or cardio activity does. But what it does is it creates a lasting effect over time on blood sugar. So if we're committing to two to three three days a week of strength training, which is typically what I do or have my clients do, is it creates this lasting effect on your blood sugar over time where you are able to have a really good long-term effect. So this even goes into account for your future and preventing a type 2 diabetes someday and somewhere along the line. And implementing strength training and getting consistent with that really helps prime your body to utilize energy sources. Um, When you have more muscle mass on your body, you naturally need more energy to function um, in, in just daily life and daily activities. So this can really be helpful in promoting a really positive effect on your blood sugar. So those are my three, four exercise. Let me just do a quick review. So nutrition was pairing your carbs with a protein source. Two in nutrition was watching overall carbohydrate intake, getting familiar with serving size and just balancing them really well throughout the day. Number three with nutrition was snacking more frequently throughout the day. Four was a bedtime snack, a nice high protein bedtime snack. Exercise, we have moving more frequently throughout the day. Walking, prioritizing some sort of walk or cardio activity and then three is strength training. So I hope this was helpful for you guys. Again, whether you are prenatal, you have GD or you don't have GD, the insulin demands on the body are very, very high for anybody, whether you have GD or not in pregnancy. So just want to get you thinking about some ways that in early pregnancy, mid-pregnancy, late pregnancy, you can really support your body in feeling its best and operating its best and utilizing the energy the absolute best. So I'll wrap this up and again, hope this was supportive and helpful for you guys. And if you're in need of more support on your prenatal or postnatal health and fitness journey, then I invite you to check out my one-on-one coaching program. I'm still accepting one-on-one clients for three to six month packages and would love to support you in feeling your absolute best as you prepare for pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. You can check the link in my show notes for more information on that. And finally, if this episode was helpful for you or you think it would be helpful for somebody else with GD or who is pregnant, then I would super appreciate you sharing this, whether it's on your social media stories or whether you're just sending this in a text to a friend. Let's spread the word and make sure we help out other mamas in need. All right, mama, I will talk to you on the next episode. Have a great rest of your day. And that's a wrap, Mama. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of the Strong Mama Podcast. If this show has served you in some way, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Head to strongmamawellnessco.com for more free resources and opportunities for us to work together. Until next time, keep moving.